Hello and welcome to Forces Sport with me, as ever, Kath Brazier, and I'm joined by Julian Evans. Our guest this week is jockey Nathan Rahman. This is another great conversation from one of our military sporting stars, as Nathan really is one of the leading lights in the world of amateur horse racing. And he's an incredible representative for the army. So we wanted to know what it is that drives him. I use the quote quite a lot. Winston Churchill said there's something about the uh, outside of a horse that's good for the inside of a man. It puts me in a happy place. It makes me forget about everything. I tend to work a lot better after I've ridden in the mornings. So I'm quite fortunate I ride most mornings. And then the afternoons, yeah, I, I'm in a good place. There's nothing quite like going 30 miles an hour over fences or even quicker on the flat. I'm not into drugs at all. <laughs> this is the ultimate drug. If you're into anything dodgy, get out of it and go and ride a horse because that is, that's some buzz. Now, the reason we wanted to speak to Nathan this week is because he'll be racing in the Grand Military Gold Cup at Sandown. It was first run in 1841 and is restricted to military amateur riders. Ownership of the horses in the race is also limited to serving or ex-serving members of the armed forces. Sadly, like the rest of the sporting world, the last couple of years have been a challenge. But Nathan is keen to highlight some of the perks of being involved. The last few years haven't been great for the sport as a whole um, and this sort of race is not in the forefront of people's minds as it used to be and we just need to reinvigorate it slightly just to encourage more people to get involved because it is a hell of an experience and you know if you are an owner and you've got a horse that's eligible you do have the opportunity to go to Windsor Castle afterwards uh, and meet the Queen which is quite, <laughs> quite a spectacular event to be fair. So we'll be hearing more from Nathan later, so please keep listening as he talks about breaking his back in three places and his Superman-like recovery, which he pays to being a PTI, but also how he's trying to change the image of horse racing in the military to recruit more jockeys. Now, Jules, we went to see him, was it 2018, 2019, again, before he to race in the Grand Military, and still as passionate then, um, you know, at, well, now as he was then. I just want to clarify that when you say he broke his back in three places, not on three separate occasions. No, He's not that careless or clumsy. <laughs> yes, in the same incident, he hmm. broke his back. So, yeah, fantastic athlete. Brilliant. Um, came from a rugby background, hails, mm. from, hails from Wales and uh, got injured playing rugby. So he thought he'd take the safer option, uh, which was horse racing, and then got himself injured there. But, um, yeah, as you say, more from Nathan later on. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because we talked about the recruitment and he actually said that although you would think that the household cavalry regiments would be interested in the horse side of things, he says the dressage and the sort of show jumping is very different mentality and a very different relationship with the horses that, that you would have in those other ones. In, the, in racing, you don't necessarily tend to build that bond with a horse either. Well, the horse husbandry, as you allude to, is different. And they're different mm. styles of horses, aren't they? So, you know, yeah. the big ceremonial horses are those big, beautiful... I don't know what... You don't call them ponies, do you? Be big, beautiful <laughs> horses. But the, of course, You call them ponies. <laughs> well, yes. And the, the Shire horse, the one he runs round mm. on, you know, are, are almost like the, the greyhound equivalent. Yeah. Again, they are beautiful, but um, they're a, a, a different style of horse. Excellent. So please do keep listening for more from Nathan Rahman. Plus, of course, we'll be discussing some of the headline sto sports stories from around the world this week. So stay tuned to Forces Sport. 
Now, I'm sure you're all aware that the Winter Paralympics started at the end of last week. Eight of our armed force athletes, both serving and veterans, are out in Beijing competing. So far, we've seen three medals for those armed forces athletes. Um, Millie Knight, with her Royal Navy guide, Brett Wilde, won the first GB Paralympics medal in uh, the downhill. They won bronze. And Mena Fitzpatrick, who's been guided by the RAF's uh, Gary Smith, they won silver in the Super G and they've gone on to win bronze in the Super combined. Um, Mena became GB's most decorated winter Paralympian with that second medal. Of course, we've also got a handful of sit skiers racing in the Alpine events. Shona Brownlee, for example, got her Paralympic journey off with a sixth. Um, We've also got a handful of, um, well, a couple of Paranordic skiers as well, plus Owen Pick in the snowboarding. The sad news, though, that is that Steve Arnold, who should have been competing alongside Scott Mina in the Paranordic event, is still in the UK as he tested positive for COVID prior to travel out to China. So devastating news for him. I just wanted to pick up on, on mm. that one point. Incredible for Mena Fitzpatrick and Gary Smith yeah. because because Gary has only been her stand-in guide. He hasn't right. been her full-time guide this season, has he? Yeah, the COVID, um, the COVID, whatever you want to call it. Damn you, Rona! (laughs) The COVID sword um, also, unfortunately, meant that Mena's regular guide, Katie Guest, um, also caught COVID before travel to China. So that's why they have the... And Gary has competed with Mena this season, but yes, not as regularly as Katie Guest has. So it's brilliant for Gary and brilliant for us that he stepped up. And Mena, of course, previous to Katie Guest, was guided by Jen Kehoe, and they did a brilliant job in the 2018 games in Pyeongchang. So Mena just following on from that. Millie Knight um, has had a lot of issues with concussion and confidence since the 2018 games, but um, it's good for her to get that that bronze in the downhill with Brett Wilde. Now, over here, the Interservices netball took place in Portsmouth last week, where it was business as usual for the Army, who dominated the three-day competition. They retained the Masters Championship they've held since 2019, and the development title they've held since 2015. In the Open competition, they've won all titles bar three since 2009. The Army's two Fijian internationals, Dee Bolokoro and Eli Nawale, alongside their captain, Anna Muldering, spoke with John Knighton at a very noisy courtside. The girls have worked hard all season. It's been a difficult season. We've had new players, new coaches, uh, but we came on court today and performed like we knew. When you've got two internationals in your lineup, it gives you a bit of a head start. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, the girls are great. They bring their experience and teach us as well along the way. So it's really good. Just tell me what it's like. I mean, it's brilliant to be back, isn't it, after two years without playing. But you don't seem to have lost any of your sparkle. Uh, Ellie, what do you think? It's so good to be back here, especially after like nearly 20 months of no netball. Um, to have the interceptors back on this year. It's really grateful um, and I think uh, the talent is there and uh, we've come a long way with a new squad on board um, and yeah, we're just sharing experience uh, with our youngest this coming And Dee, tell us how you feel then to be, you know, again, involved, obviously you, you know, being an international, but to be involved with the army girls here. Uh, I'm just excited because uh, I think this is my my second training with the girls at the inter-services and the the vibe is just there even though we're not been together most of the time as soon as we get on court it's just teamwork so 
Uh, just talking of netball, actually, Jules, and it's wonderful to hear from um, Dee and Ellie, of course, alongside Anna there. Um, the BBC article, it was like a dream article headline. It said, Thunder and Lightning still at the top of the Netball Super oh, League, which I think is brilliant. Good stuff. Yeah, Manchester Manchester Thunder and, and Loughborough Lightning, was it Was it raining goals in that match? <laughs> they should employ you, you know, Jules. Mm. Maybe. He'd be a massive addition, obviously a huge loss to us. Now, um, elsewhere, John was also attending the 10th anniversary of Mission Motorsport last week, the charity that's helped thousands of service personnel and veterans find employment in the world of motorsport under the motto, Race, Retrain, Recover. Many of the beneficiaries gathered at Thruxton Race Circuit, where it all began in 2012. So let's let's hear from two of them. Linda Noble, who says it's transformed her life, and Lionel O'Connor, who lost a leg in Afghanistan. So when I first got discharged from the army, I was stuck in the house. I felt that I couldn't do anything because of mental health and the, the physical disabilities I've got. One day I received an email to go and do race makers down in Silverstone with the Formula One. Then we progressed from there, so now it's my chance now to give that little bit back and help. It's been an incredible journey for me on various different parts that I never thought possible. It's, it's allowed my family to see the old me. Some very noisy... Um venues for John Knighton this week but um, thank you for for getting those clips in good to hear from when our reporters have been out and about Um, and Jules Mission Motorsport I mean they've been around now what obviously 10 years um, and it's incredible the sort of relationships they have with some of the top motorsport people in, in the motorsport industry. It's fantastic and the way that they've helped people rediscover themselves as as the person there just said, and it does transform lives, giving mm. people the confidence to get back into work and make a new career for themselves. I mean, Mission Motorsport, hats off to you. Fantastic organisation and happy 10th birthday. <laughs> this is BFBS. BFBS. This, this is Forces Sport. It's time now to hear from our guest this week, Sergeant Nathan Rahman, with military horse racing reaching its crescendo this week with the Grand Military Gold Cup. It seems the ideal time to catch up with him. He is the leading light in military horse racing, but it very nearly didn't happen for him because he broke his back competing. And that's how he starts his chat, by telling us how. It was December 2018, uh, pointing, so I had a new pointer for a trainer that I was riding for in Guildford. Uh, first time out for us, and we were at the last fence with a chance to win, and she just got into the bottom of it and uh, basically flipped over with me. Uh, when I landed on the floor, I'd broken my back in three places, and then uh, fractured 12 transverse process, which was like little bones off your spine. Um, whilst I was on the floor then I got another trodden on by a few other horses so yeah essentially that was going to be me out of the game for best part of six months um, I, I made a really speedy recovery with the help from Tedworth House and Oaksy House in Lambourne um, and I was back up racing after five and a half weeks or so well Gil- Guildford is a dodgy place but you know, <laughs> did you surprise yourself in, in with the speed that you you got back to riding again yeah I was I was probably at my fittest then to be fair um, I was overcompensating for slight lack of experience and just wanted to make sure that if I was getting beaten it's through lack of experience and not through fitness. So I was very fit when I had the fall. Um, and then just determination and prior knowledge because I was a PTI for 10 years. Um, that got me through it really and just managed to, to push myself 
Uh, I wasn't taking any pain relief or any meds because um, if I bent over, touched my toes or put socks on, I wanted to know it hurt for a reason, not because it didn't hurt because I was getting masking the pain. So yeah, I managed to get a quick recovery, which is which was quite handy to be fair. And confidence-wise, did that take a knock? Yeah, um, I did have a bit of a setback. Um, I had a first ride back um, the five and a half weeks after I had my fall point in and I was a bit questioning on the start line, do I really want to do this? Um, and I had a good ride, came second, um, and then we went to the Royal Artillery and sort of, yeah, had to put it in the past, otherwise kept on thinking about it. I, I'd never ride again, really. A lot of people would question, given that you had an injury in, in rugby and then went on to have an injury when you were back racing, um, a lot of people might question why you continue to do it and what drives you to get back after if you break your back a lot of people that's that's it done forever i'm not going to do that activity but um luckily for your case you could recover but what sort of drives you on as well um horses that i i use the quote quite a lot winston churchill said there's something about the uh, outside of a horse that's good for the inside of a man um we now we say man or woman but um it is something about that it puts me in a happy place it makes me forget about everything uh I tend to work a lot better after I've ridden in the mornings, so I'm quite fortunate I ride most mornings. Um, and then the afternoons, yeah, I, I'm in a good place um, mentally uh, and physically, just it puts me in a, a good place, really. Um, and it's, there's nothing quite like going 30 miles an hour over fences or even quicker on the flat. Um, it's, I'm not into drugs at all. <laughs> this is the ultimate drug. If you're into anything dodgy, get out of it and go and ride a horse because that is, that's some buzz. Well, looking at the Forces Sporting Calendar, this is when it all comes together for the Grand Military Gold Cup and the Royal Artillery, Royal Artillery uh, Gold Cup as well. So, you know, what are you thinking ahead of the Grand Military? Because it's a funny time for horse racing. It's just come off the back of the pandemic when I don't suppose jockeys have had an awful amount of ch a chance to, to build that relationship with the, with the horses. No, um, so uh, racing's completely different to any equine sport. You, you look at eventing or show them dressage, people spend years and years to build a relationship with their horse and have that one-on-one -on -one connection. We have to be able to be a standard to jump on any horse and be able to adapt and get on with it, whatever situations uh, put in front of us. <coughs> Um, I've been very fortunate that apart from the initial um, breakout with COVID-19, um, I've managed to continue racing throughout, um, whether that be abroad or in the UK. So I'm on a different level, confidence-wise and experience-wise, to the majority of our, our military riders, um, which I'm very fortunate to be in that place. Talk us through the, the Grand Military Gold Cup. What, what is it? You know, why do we still do it? And, and why is it only open... To, to military riders? Uh, so it's one of the, the, the oldest and uh, traditional military events that's still going on. So we, we've always got Army-Navy rugby-wise. Uh, we've got the Royal Artillery Gold Cup, which celebrated its 160th anniversary last month. Um, this I event, to a lot of regiments, is, is kind of a big deal, um, predominantly through the cavalry regiments. Um, like I said, horse race is not traditional with the Royal Welsh. Um, However, I've tried my hardest to change that perception and bring people from across the army and get involved in it. You know, we have, we recruit as a, as a military uh, from diverse backgrounds and you'd be surprised what crops up every now and then and where people's backgrounds are, are from. Um, we've recently got some people that were involved in racing, then decided to join the army. Um, and th this is an opportunity for them to fulfill dreams and experiences that 
they would never have potentially had uh, on Civilian Street. I suppose a famous rider, or, or one of the most well-known, was, was Guy Disney, uh, the, yeah. the amputee who went on to, to win the event. Yeah, he was one of the few people to do the double, um, and he almost did it on two years on the trot. Uh, <coughs> well, surely on the gallop. <laughs> yes. Fortunately, unfortunately, it depends on your perspective. Fortunately, he's now retired, so it means oh, some of us right. have got a half right. a chance. Uh, unfortunately, we've lost you know, one of our experienced riders. Um, on the back of that, though, we've got some really nice riders that progressed and through that come from uh, other disciplines within the equine sport. And also, we've done quite a hard recruitment drive through people joining the reserves uh, and we've actually got some nice riders to develop for the the seasons ahead you know we we've lost a few personalities with um, Guy Disney, Billy Apahamian and Harry Wallace you know quite a quite a big pool of experience there that we've lost uh, within two seasons yeah. uh, and not having the races for two seasons as well that's that's a big knock-on effect um, however with the, the training that we've been putting in, we are fortunately looking at having probably the most amount of eligible riders for, for many years. What's the attraction, Nathan, to, I know that obviously you're sort of working as a freelance effectively at the moment, um, but you've linked up with a Nicky Henson horse from Seven Barrows for the Royal Artillery and for the Grand Military. What's the attraction for people like Nicky Henderson and other trainers around the country? And indeed, you know, you were talking about Grand Military being an international, which was news to me as well. Um, what's the attraction and how do you get those sort of big names involved in, in such a race? Uh, it, there's a prestigious honour to have any horse run at Sandown. It's one of the grade A tracks in the country, to be fair. Um, the prize money's not bad either. Um, and just to be able to showcase your horse with... In my eyes, we've got some very talented amateurs that are very competitive on weekends, riding either pointing or under rules as an amateur. Um, it's quite good to showcase some of those talents where if you're not based in the yard full time, uh, like most amateurs are, it's quite good to show what other talent we have out there and give them an opportunity as well. Um, I think the last few years haven't been great for the sport as a whole um, and this sort of race is not in the forefront of people's minds as it used to be. And we just need to reinvigorate it slightly just to encourage more people to get involved because it is a hell of an experience. And you know, if you are an owner and you've got a horse that's eligible, you do have the opportunity to go to Windsor Castle afterwards uh, and meet the Queen, which is quite, <laughs> quite a spectacular event, to be fair. So yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of incentives there to, to, to put a horse in effectively. So as you whiz by, few people might know that you're, you're a serving soldier. So is there any way that you know, we could sort of flag up that this, lad, this lad's also in, in the army? Uh, no, this, this, this was highlighted actually uh, earlier on in a good conversation with uh, a friend of mine who's racing uh, next week. Um, is that actually apart from some riders having sponsorship, there's no way to differentiate on the track um, in these military races. Um, who's from what kind of background and potentially that could be something to look look into whether that be everyone's provided with their own britches and maybe with army down the side or RAF or navy uh, it's a unique sport you're riding a professional well yeah you're riding a professional athlete for a professional trainer for an owner it's there's n other than the name being the grand military mm. and it's being <laughs> it's being put on by military connections 
there's no other association really other than the tradition with the military because the course is a professional course which is owned by uh, whichever part of the, the racing fraternity um, and all, all the horses, nothing belongs to the military. However, to highlight that we have an RAF rider or an army rider could be uh, a quite a nice idea to have britches and have that, that logo on the side so then it goes Oh yeah, that's actually uh, an army rider or that is the, the navy riders. Look for them really. I imagine as the jockey you have to remain calm but because the horse will feed off any emotion that you're giving away. So what's it like on the start line then before um, a big race? Yeah, you get, you get butterflies. Um, so I've had quite a few rides now so the butterflies do calm down. We've got a first time rider uh, riding the Grand Military next week. His heart will be going a million. It's a massive buzz and rush. And when you do go and say, go on, go, when the flag's dropped, um, you can get a rush of blood and it can be quite overwhelming. Quite a lot of the time we always say, remember to breathe, because as you're going around, everything's just, you forget to breathe, which is crazy because it's, it's a natural response is just to take air in. But the, the experience and the atmosphere just takes over and yeah, you forget little things like that. But it is it's probably the biggest buzz that you'll, you'll get. I used to hold my breath when I was swimming. I know, I know that makes sense, but I didn't used to breathe after, uh, after like four strokes. I would just hold my breath the entire length. Not that did I'm you, likening you, myself to Nathan. No, I, I mean, how many furlongs did you swim underwater? <laughs> <laughs> I just know that feeling of not breathing because you think that you, you somehow feel like you'll get things done faster by... Not if you don't take that one second to breathe, that'll be one second you can have back on your timings. But well, it's an interesting sporting philosophy you have there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. It's, I'm not sure if it's going to take off. Well, it's amazing that I am um, still standing if I've stopped breathing every time I play sport. So, but if um, if you wanted a salesperson to sell their sport, I think <laughs> I think Nathan's done it there, hasn't he? I mean, oh, incredible. absolutely, and sell and um, the whole lifestyle as well. I mean, you know, I know. If you go and listen to more from Nathan, and please do visit the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel because there you can hear the full half hour. And I think the most incredible thing that he talks about is um, his his triangle of life, which is horse racing, the army and his family life and how he manages to maintain those three. But actually how he says the horse racing is what makes the other parts of his life work so well because he can get up, he rides out every morning and that just sorts him out for the you know the long 18 hour day that he has um and of course at the moment he's incredibly busy in his job so even though he's on sort of elite status with the army he's still having to work every day which um very admirable very softly spoken young man but again you know another fascinating conversation well we wish him all the best in fact we wish all our jockeys and trainers all the best for the grand military gold cup it's a fantastic event if you've never been before Put it in your diary and get along there one year because it, it is a great occasion. You've been, haven't you, Kath? You've been. I have been and it is exciting. And I'm, I wouldn't say that, you know, horse racing's in my blood or something that was at the top of my list. But it is it is exciting. And it was and it's interesting what Nathan said about perhaps making it more of an inter-service event. Because other than the fact that, you know, it's called Grand Military Gold Cup, I don't think that anyone knows that these are actually you know amateur military jockeys. Um, if you do want to watch it, it is... Um, at 3.30 on Tuesday the 8th of March, that's tomorrow. So apologies if, if you're listening to this later in the week, but perhaps you can go back and, and have a look and see who won. But um, yes, um, Nathan will be on Ballycross, which is a Nicky Henderson horse, and it's at 3.30 from Sandown Park on Tuesday the 8th of March.
Um, I think we, I feel like we could have dedicated the whole program to this, Jules, but such sad news about Shane Warne this week, whether you're Australian, English, it doesn't matter if you are a cricket fan. I still can't believe it. I, I, I had to look at every bit of social media for at least an hour before that sunk in. It's just, what are your memories of him? And, and we, you know, we grew up with him, him playing in that golden generation. Well, I suppose, really, because he was the scourge of English batsmen. Yeah. Um, I, 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 did, I didn't like him as a cricketer. No, I'm the same. I, I mean, well, you, you know what I mean. Um, but absolute admiration, as you say, I can't quite believe it. When when your message came through and said, said had you seen this? Mm. I'd just come from the gym. So I had yeah. to sit down, A, because I'd been to the gym. And <laughs> I, I just still can't comprehend I needed the, you. The I needed you yeah. to confirm it because I thought, well, if, if anyone knows, Jules will know because you're normally the one who tells me these things. But I was like, I looked, I actually saw it at the Obami Army website and Obami Army's social media on Instagram. And I was like, is it April Fool's? Because this must be a joke. He's 52. Um, and I, you're right. Like I, the, what I said to friends over the this last few days is that I've spent most of my li- life, I ha- hate's a strong word, but disliking him and like, being angered by him. And I've interviewed him a couple of times and I, you know, I sort of, oh, I hate him. But the the reason is, is because he he w- he just ruined England batting lineups, absolutely ruined them. And then he would come on as a, you know, tail ender and score well into the 90s. He was just, it just well, he, incredible. Well, he should have been labelled an all-rounder, really. Mm. But, I mean... As you say, the world over, people will have heard of, of Shane Warne, an incredible guy, so generous and so giving, hearing all the eulogies that people, the little anecdotes that people have to say about him, he's spoken of in such a positive light. But the one thing that really caught my eye, I don't know if you've read his autobiography. No. So you've, you've, got, this, you've got this really famous cricketer who, who's done everything, part of the most dominating cricket team of all time the Australian in, in Australians in the sort of mid to late 90s and, and early 2000s Alan Border gave him his debut he's got all these wonderful tales to tell but in the opening page of his autobiography he brings up PC Reg Hollis from the bill because <laughs> he talks about the time that he was in his hotel room in Birmingham saying I thought I'd made it mate I was sat there with a tin of beer watching the bill which is the best, the best police drama there's ever been with PC Ridge Hollis. I mean, t- apologies for the accent, but can you imagine any any sportsman anywhere mentioning PC Ridge Hollis in the opening page of, of their autobiography? Incredible oh, stuff. Amazing. I hope Reg has, ri- uh, I hope Reg has ri- um, written it. I hope he's read the wow. biography. There's also, of course, the um, Shane documentary, which has only just come out on... Um, Amazon Prime which is an incredible watch and just horribly timely as it turns out but um yeah I mean the the world over of course the women's world cup taking place in New Zealand at the moment England about to face um West Indies um in the Caribbean there were just you know tributes all over and it was one of those days where and you know only hours earlier we'd heard about Rod Marsh and yeah. he's such an incredible character and for someone to have you know, overshadowed that in some way. But yes, um, incredibly well, sad course, news, of course. Rod, Rod Marsh was briefly an England selector, I think, in mm. 2004, 2005. And Shane Warne has inspired so many young cricketers, not just in Australia and New Zealand and South Africa and, and India, all around the world. But here in the UK, he's been very kind, generous and giving with his time. Uh, mm. Liam Livingstone is, is, is one cricketer 
who, who really did you know benefit from some cheeky little coaching sessions and of course Shane Warne was skipper down at uh, Hampshire you know, yes, for, I know. for a number my, of my number of ground. years yeah, yeah a number of years so yeah he was really he was very, largely very loved and I think that some of the most amazing um uh, sort of anecdotes I've read have been his interaction with the crowd and in particular members of the Barmy Army who, who used to sing We Just Wish You Were English at him when he was yeah, on the boundary. Yeah. And it, well, biggest I think compliment just, you can have, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. That just sums it up. But um, just finally in the Paralympics, something I didn't mention earlier is, of course, that Neil Simpson became the first ever male winter gold medalist for GB with his older brother, um, Andrew, guiding him in the visually impaired skiing out is that where Beijing? the older brother is just shouting at the younger brother? Basically, yeah. It's, Very it's, loudly. I mean, that, but I, it's I working. Can, I, can relate, I can relate to that. <laughs> faster! Faster! Um, we've got some rugby union happening next weekend. It sees La Cronche. Well, it's the military version where both the Royal Navy rugby union ladies and their male counterparts are travelling to Brittany in France to take on the Marine Nationale. That's always quite a heated affair, as I seem to remember, Jules. Um, and a rugby league, uh, after a thrilling run for the Royal Navy men, the Women's Challenge Cup gets underway next weekend with the British Army hosting Warrington Wolves at Aldershot. The Army ladies, of course, made history in 2019 by becoming the first forces side to win a domestic title when they were victorious in the Challenge Shield final. And last year, they were in the Super League South Grand Final, so I'm sure we will be going all guns blazing. Sorry, I sort of lost my train of thought there. But that's all happening next weekend, and we'll see how far the Army ladies can go. Jules, um, anything you're looking forward to this week in particular? Everything, everything and anything. And it just, <laughs> you, you can breathe now. I know, sorry. <laughs> One big breath as we go into the final moments. Of the last course. furlong, the final furlong for the you, The final Kat. furlong. If you could do the, um, you know, the horse's hooves for me, you can keep up with all that's happening. Where are just, go to, <laughs> just to go to forces not, to forces.net for the latest results and action. But that's it from me and Jules da, da, from Forces Sport da, da, for another da, da, week. Da, 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 We'd love to hear from you. So da, please get in touch da, 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 by emailing us at forcesport at bfbs.com. Black Beauty was all I could come up with. <laughs> Just one final word. The BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel where you can listen back to all the weekly forces sport programmes and you can also go to bfbs.com slash podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you, Jules. Thanks for the music accompaniment and we'll see you all next week. 